0: Hello, this is the Landscape Ontario Podcast. My name is Scott Barber, and today I'm speaking with Leslie Halleck. Leslie's a horticultural dynamo based down in Texas. She's an author, educator, speaker, business coach. She does it all, and she's going to be giving two talks at the Congress Virtual Conference on January 20th, 2022. One is going to be on the plant parenting revolution, and another on being digitally relevant, facing the new world of online commerce and communication head-on. To check that out, visit congressredefined.com slash conference. But first, we hope you enjoy this conversation with Leslie Halleck. It's coming up next. The Horticulture Technician Apprenticeship Program is a post-secondary education and skills development program recognized as a red seal trade in Canada. It's aimed at employers who have employees who want to make horticulture and landscaping their career. Earn while you learn. Attend an info session to know more at horticulturetechnicianca slash events. Okay, uh, Leslie, thank you uh, for joining uh, us. Um, I'd like to start with just asking you about yourself and, and what drew you to, to horticulture.
1: Ask me about myself. That's a really big, loaded question right there. <laughs> you, could you, yeah. of, you could get a lot of answers for that. Um, well, let's see. I, I'm an art school dropout who got the plant and botany bug at 18. Um, so, after a couple of years in art school, um, I decided that I wanted to switch to a much more lucrative career. So I switched my major to botany, um, which, you know, my, my parents were like so happy that I changed my major to art and from art. And I said, well, I'm going to show you guys <laughs> get a botany degree, <laughs> but no, I, I kid, you, you know, it's turned out to, to, to be very, very good for me. So I, um, I am kind of what I liked to call a, a myself a, a multi-passioned, Entrepreneur, I I love doing so many different things, um, and I think art and horticulture go hand in hand. So I, I don't think it's unusual that a, that an artist is drawn to, you know, horticulture and and, and gardening. I think they're pretty symbiotic. So um, yeah, I am kind of a, just a crazy everythingist in the world of horticulture. I, I love doing everything. And, and if you look at my career for the last 30 years, you'll see that I've, I've worked in many different disciplines from plant research to public gardens, landscape industry, many years in garden center retail. And then about 10 years ago, I decided that it was better for everybody um, with my problems with authority if I just uh, worked for myself <laughs> and plugged in to help green industry businesses do a better job of communicating and marketing to their customers as well as strategically develop their businesses. That's, that's what I figured out I was really good at over my career was communicating to customers um, and translating the science of horticulture right, to the consumer. And so that's, that in a nutshell is what I've been doing in the last 10 years.
0: Awesome. Uh, what is it about that? Uh, and I know on your website, you mentioned, you know, one in particular, you know, you have a passion for helping women succeed um, in this industry. Uh, what is it about that, that, um, you know, really gets you uh, excited and motivated, do you think?
1: I think if you ask that question to a lot of women, that would, it would be very obvious, you know, I mean, we look, let's, let's face it. um, Most industries are male dominated, right? Okay. That that's the reality. The power structure is male. Um, You know, I didn't have any um, women mentors or role models coming up in my career. I really had no one to model after or, or guide me. And, it it's very challenging um, as as a woman. You know there are a lot of uh, personality traits that get assigned to you. You know by by gender. You know, and when you don't conform to those things, like I don't. I have sort of a non gender conforming personality. I'm very assertive. I'm very direct. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm going to push hard, and that's not always taken very well. When you're a woman, um, it's a lot harder to navigate, and so. You know, I think what women are looking for in the industry right now is representation at the highest levels of power. And we don't have that yet. We're we're pretty far away from that. I think I can't tell you the number of emails I get from industry, women industry members, every time an announcement goes out for a conference of who the speakers are. Um, And it's the majority uh, men, a majority of white men, right, on the speaker roster, and I get a flood of emails going, "Wow, you know, can we can we get some women speakers on the roster here?" Um, I was happy when I saw an email go out from Landscape Ontario that you guys featured several women speakers. So thank you for that because that's not normal. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, my my uh, passion. Is to take up some space, be very visible, be very vocal so that I can model for other women and help share my voice, share my power and help open doors and give access to other working, working women in the industry. I think the reality is that there is a misconception and a mis representation that there aren't enough quote qualified women in the industry to be in positions of power or to be taking those keynote speaker positions or being on the speaker roster. And that is not true. We have more than enough qualified women working in the industry. The problem is, is that women aren't perceived to be as powerful. So they don't get those slots. Right. So I feel like my, my uh, mission is to model that reality. Women are powerful. We have powerful voices. You know, when women rise and are part of the power structure of companies, companies are more profitable. Period. Mm-hmm. Societies profit. We benefit from that. So, w- what I'm looking to do is help create some parity in, in power and representation and success. Because all of us, men and women, are like we all win when that happens. Um, so, so that's really my goal. There is to is to hopefully maybe be a source of um, uh, you know, not necessarily an inspiration, but just uh, an example to other women that you can push into these places and have a voice really.
0: I love it. I, I know, uh, as you mentioned the, the landscape Ontario, uh, Congress conference, it, I, I know the, the organizers, my colleagues on that, uh, event, you know, they really take that seriously. Um, you know, having a, a good mix of men, women, you know, people from different backgrounds, uh, because it is an important um, example to to young professionals coming into the industry. And and it just makes for a better, more diverse conference, uh, different voices, different ideas. Um, so I know it's something uh, Amy Buchanan, my my colleague who who really uh, spearheads that event every year, uh, she takes extremely seriously, and and I think it's reflected as people can you know check out the the lineup, and of course you're you're one of our uh, one of our main speakers or one of our speakers this year. Um, I think it's reflected, and I think people are really going to enjoy it. So definitely uh, I agree with you there for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean perspectives. We all have different perspectives and experience you know, that we can bring to the table. And I think the more diversity we can get there, the better um, The better everyone can grow in their careers and, and their businesses. So I think that's important.
0: Absolutely. So I want to talk to you about um, some of the books you've wrote, written. Um, I saw that a uh, book this year published called Tiny Plants, Discover the Joys of Growing and Collecting Itty-Bitty House Plants uh, came out this year. And I'll say, I know uh, here in Canada, um you know, the demand for plants, the demand at garden centers for landscaping during the pandemic uh, has just been uh, really quite remarkable. Um, is that something you've seen down in the States? And, and can you talk a little bit about, uh, about the book as well?
1: Ravenous people are ravenous for, for plants indoor and out. You know, it's interesting. Um, I actually had uh, a goal to not write books um, and, <laughs> It's not a terribly profitable um, endeavor. Okay. Right. And so I was actually never going to write books, but um, my master's degree is in floriculture, greenhouse production, environmental controls. And Timber Press um, reached out to me at one point and said, Hey, we're looking for somebody to write um, on grow lighting, indoor grow lighting. Do you know anybody? And I, you know, my goal being, I'm not going to write books. Um, I, th- I thought for a few days legitimately, like, who can I refer them to? And then I, I realized I didn't really know anybody else that communicated in the consumer space, right? That wrote that wasn't just an academic, but wrote for consumer spaces that, that had experience in that area. And so I said to the senior um, acquisitions editor, Tom Fisher, I said, well, um, I guess I could do it because that is what my master's degree is in. And so, and he was like, yeah, yeah. I was kind of hoping that's the conclusion you were going to come to. (laughs) I just started like take a roundabout way. So I kind of got sucked into it. So it's interesting. I'm a, I'm an interdisciplinary horticulturist. You know, I've spent much of my career working in the outdoor space, landscape, you know, edible gardening design, that sort of thing. But, you know, because of my um, education background, you know, most of my books have ended up being in the indoor space, right? Indoor houseplants and, and growing because there's been such a huge growth, renewed interest, right? In indoor growing. So it's just sort of interesting that my books have sort of been kind of pushed into the indoor houseplant space, even though I'm a huge, you know, outdoor avid um, gardener and horticulturist, but uh, yeah, the demand for plants is, is pretty huge. Now, you know, anytime that you have sort of a rebound, Economically, and consumers start to spend again on other things, household items, cars, things like that. You know, the green industry tends to see a slowdown, but we had such a huge influx of new customers in the pandemic. And I think we're probably going to, you know, retain maybe numbers say about 80% of those people. So plant demand is not going to drop to where it was pre pandemic, it's going to stay pretty steady. And I'll tell you there's a huge influx of entrepreneurialism in the green industry too. There's a lot of what I call new plant entrepreneurs coming into the space. Everybody wants to open a plant shop. They call them plant shops. We call garden centers, right? They don't call them garden centers anymore. They call them plant shops. So I'm actually getting a ton of requests to do business consulting for a lot of these new plant entrepreneurs that are coming into the space. Um, So, yeah, books, tiny plants is sort of a passion project for me. It's a very niche topic. But when I was doing research um, in the rainforest in Puerto Rico, in the El Yunque National Rainforest, after I graduated for the University of Puerto Rico, I, I discovered itty bitty tiny species of Lepanthes micro orchids. And that was it for me. I was sucked in. I started building vivariums, keeping poison dart frogs, building all sorts of really cool um, you know, tiny, you know, biospheres. And when you get into the world of tiny plants, it's sort of a whole different realm of, of plant sourcing, right? You start to work with companies that grow for vivariums, that grow for aquatics that are sort of outside of your normal garden center plant purchasing realm. And so it was really just a way for me to have a little fun, take a really niche, you know, um, hobby of mine and introduce people to like a whole new world of cool
0: plants. I love it. I love it. And, and what, how's the response been that that, that came out this year, I believe.
1: Yeah, that, that was uh tiny plants came out in June um, of 2021. So it was supposed to be out earlier, but uh, thanks to the pandemic, you know, things, things got pushed back a few yeah. times. Um, the book I put out, Twenty nineteen it's called plant parenting, and that's all about propagation. And then gardening under lights was in um, twenty eighteen, I think. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> that's so that's indoor grow lights. I'm, I'm I'm looking to potentially revise that book for a new edition.
0: Nice. But
1: um, yeah, so people have a real passion for plants um, and, and and gardening. So I, I don't see that going any way anytime soon. And and you know, while most of my work, my professional work, is centered around working with businesses. Um, I feel it's really important for me to keep the other foot embedded in the consumer world, which is why I write the books for consumers, because it helps translate that science and it supports the industry, right? And I'm also doing a lot more teaching. So I'm an instructor now for UCLA Extension. So I teach horticulture, um, indoor plants, and I'll be teaching botany in spring. Um, And I'm also the horticulturist in residence at a new education platform I launched with a partner called the Bloom and Grow Garden Society. So I'm teaching in-depth horticulture classes there, which, by the way, if you're a landscaper garden center and you've got staff that need continuing education and there's really not anywhere else for them to get it, you know, opportunities like that I'm trying to create to Have more higher level horticulture educational opportunities available, both to hobbyists and to people in the industry. And I think that that's, I'm jumping into that technology because I think that's just really where we're going.
0: Absolutely, and in this day and age, you know, here in you're obviously down in the United States, down in Texas, but you know, with um, you know virtual platforms, you know, really people can do it from anywhere, which is uh, which is so nice. Uh, It really makes the world that much smaller.
1: Absolutely, for sure. And I think that, you know, in terms of staff education, um, expanding virtual education opportunities is, is going to is a must. You
0: know? and, and that's one of the things that uh, at the Congress conference that we're, we're excited about this year, um, you know, being virtual again this year. Uh, we're able to have speakers from all over the place. Uh, yourself down in the United States, we have speakers from Europe. Uh, it really becomes an international conference, which it had been in the past when it's uh, when it's been an in-person event um, in Toronto. But uh, it really makes it that much easier to uh, expand across uh, North America and the world. So it's, it's pretty neat. And I want to ask you just about... Um, about your speaking at co- uh, Congress, uh, the conference in January, uh, would you mind mentioning or just telling us what the topics are and uh, I guess, w- you know, why you're excited to uh, be a part of it?
1: Well, first off, I'm really bummed that I don't get to come to Toronto. I think I've been asked to speak twice and like the pandemic is coming. I mean, so here's the deal. I've been speaking for you guys virtually, but you have to invite me back once you're live again so I can come to Toronto. Deal?
0: Deal. Deal. You know Deal. what, it might be better not to come in January, unless you like really, oh. <laughs> but we could come, we'll maybe come out in like June or July. How about that? Okay.
1: Okay. Well, we'll work something out. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I have to remember what I'm speaking on. I think I'm speaking on the uh, plant parenting revolution, right? So that's yes. going to be indoor trends. So kind of what I was mentioning earlier, you know, I think that the industry is a little bit out of touch with the consumer's. You know, they've sort of created their whole whole own world, um, you know, within that hobby that the industry isn't really necessarily tapped into. And so I'm going to dive into kind of really what's going on in that consumer base and what's driving them right now and how both growers and garden centers can leverage that, you know, better tap into that world.
0: It's just then, perfect timing. Yeah. Sorry. Perfect timing for that, for that topic. And then, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then uh are you digitally relevant? Right. I think that's my other topic. Exactly. So, yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's still a tough one, I think for everybody, but clearly what the pandemic has done is forced everybody to rely on diving into digital technologies, you know, whether you're you know, you're you're working with online, you know, customer service and, and ordering and communications um, and the education that I was talking about. So I'm going to dive into sort of kind of where we all need to be with our digital technology and, and communication. So, you know, if that's something that you feel you're struggling with or, you know, just really don't even know where you should be prioritizing your digital investments, I'm going to, I'm going to get into that.
0: That sounds great. I can't wait. I, I can't believe it's just over a month away. That's uh, I believe it's, well, the, the conference itself is January 18th to the 20th. I believe you're speaking on the, um, is it on the 20th? I'm sorry. I should. Yeah. It's on I the think, 20th. Yeah. Sorry. I think it's the
1: 20th. Yeah. I guess yeah. I better get ready for that. I need to get everything together <laughs> for
0: you guys. It's coming. I do a it's lot of on. speaking and
1: a lot of teaching. So, you know, I'm just like constantly creating you know, class after class, after sure. class. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I never give the same talk twice. So even if, if, it's, if it's a topic I've talked about before, I, I'm, I'm compulsive that way. Um, I, I don't think I've ever given the same talk twice. So, so um, you know, even if it's a topic, maybe you've seen me give before, it's, uh, I'm probably going to say a whole lot of new stuff. So I always revamp sure. everything I okay. do. Yeah.
0: That's great. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Uh, I'm sure you know our our audience, our members are are really looking forward to the conference and, and to those sessions you mentioned. But as I said, that the timing is just perfect uh, for both, really. Um, so those are going to be great. Um, and I want to thank you for for chatting a little bit, letting us get to know a little bit more about you and and what you do, and um, and hearing about some of the uh, the projects you've been working on over the years. And we really look forward to uh, to seeing you at the conference next month.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me and and thanks for tolerating my post flu raspy radio voice today. I <laughs> <So, laughs> appreciate that. And um, wish I could be with all of you in Toronto, but I will happily join you virtually in yes. January.
0: And then hopefully in 2023, you can, we can we can all be together uh, in Toronto for the conference uh, in January. Okay. So we'll look Sounds forward good. to that.
1: Awesome.
0: Sounds thanks so good. much, Leslie.
1: Thanks. Have a good one.
0: You too. Thank you for listening to Landscape Ontario podcast. We hope you'll subscribe to get a new episode every month.